glad that we can be here uh, this morning. And I believe that whenever we gather in moments such as this, you know, you know when, whether we are gathering physically or whether you are joining us online, I believe something happens in our lives. Come on. Uh, I believe our faith is raised to another level. Our faith is stretched. Uh, our faith is enlarged because faith comes from hearing the... Amen. And uh, our faith is raised to the next level. And so I pray that the glass ceiling of our faith that we brought with us this morning uh, will be lifted off when we live from this place. And as we work our faith, work out our faith throughout the week, there should be a greater hunger for more of what God has in store for you and I. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. And we got to believe that. And uh, there has to be some expectation uh, to receive what God desires to speak to each and every one of us. There ought to be a hunger in our lives. There ought to be a passion in our spirit for His Word. Uh, when we are hungry, we will be filled. Okay? And this morning, we are going to continue on what uh, Pastor Yimeng started uh, us uh, last week. And uh, since last year, our team for the church uh, overall has been on building legacy. Everybody say me, building legacy. And uh, so we have covered on so many areas of building legacy. Uh, we have talked about the why behind building legacy. Uh, we talked about the necessity of it. We talked about the mandate of building legacy. And now uh, we are covering on the how of building legacy. And part of the how of building legacy is serving God. And so this morning, we want to dive straight into His Word. And so if you have your Bibles with you, would you go with me to the book of Jonah? The book of Jonah is found in the Old Testament. And the book of Jonah records for us how the Word of the Lord came to Jonah around 8th century BC. So it's almost 3,000 years ago uh, that all these things has taken place. And Jonah, he, the book of Jonah is categorized as one of the prophetic books uh, even though it just contained a single sentence of prophecy. Now, to be exact, the book of Jonah is known as one of the minor prophets uh, in the Bible. And so, Jonah is a prophet of God. And this book is actually very, very short. You can actually finish reading the entire book of Jonah in less than 10 minutes. Uh, but today, we will be looking at several passages uh, in the book of Jonah as we go along the way. Uh, but for now, I just want to bring our attention uh, to two key passages which will lay the foundation for us this morning. Okay, so if your Bible's with you, go with me to Jonah chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 1 and verse 2. I'm going to read from the uh, NIV translation. It says this in verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Uh, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up uh, before me. Okay, this is what God told Jonah to do. And now go with me to another passage, which is chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 5 all the way to verse 11. Okay, Jonah chapter 4, verse 5 says this. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. That the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. Uh, verse 9 says this, But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plan? It is, he said. And I'm so angry. I wish I were dead. 
Uh, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died. Uh, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And last verse, and should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. And uh, as we read this passage, uh, this passage seems a little bit strange, huh? a little bit odd recording of Jonah's actions, or what happened to Jonah. In fact, uh, the book of Jonah ends with that. You know, no more explanation uh, nothing at all. Uh, but along, as we go along the way this morning, uh, I believe some light will be shed upon it. And so this morning, I would like to speak on the subject of staying the course. Staying course. Okay, turn to the person beside you and tell them, stay the course. Okay. You know, if you are joining us online and there's someone beside you, tell them at home, stay the course. Alright, church, come, let's uh, pray even as we look to the Word of God this morning. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that uh, we can gather in moments such as this, whether we are here physically or whether we are online joining as well. Lord, we know that your Spirit is with us. So Holy Spirit, as we look into your Word, begin to speak into our hearts, begin to show us your plans, your desires for each and every one of us. And Lord, we commit the rest of this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, just a show of hands here. Huh? How many of you are runners here? How many of you are runners here? Uh, okay, I know there's one behind there. Uh, or, or, or let's say if you jog occasionally. Okay, walking does not count. Huh? If you jog occasionally, uh, can, I, can I see your hand? If you do, okay, we have a, a few there. All right, great, great. We've got more people, okay? Now, uh, I won't say I'm a hardcore runner, but I would say I love to run. And I love to run, you know, put on the shoes and I hit on the road uh, just to be by myself. And I actually stopped running uh, since my second boy came along. And so uh, it will be one and a half years since uh, I ran. Uh, and, but it's only the beginning of this month that I started putting on my running shoes again. And to help me in my run, I actually use a running app okay, in my smartphone. Uh, the, this app will record my pace. It will record uh, the speed I'm running at. Uh, it would show me the distance that I have covered uh, and the total amount of time uh, I've been on the road. And this particular app that I've been using has a running coach. Wow, isn't that wonderful, right? And I would say uh, this running coach is actually quite good, you know. Uh, the running coach encourages me along the way, you know, with some pep talk, you know, with some encouragement. They will say, hey, keep it up, go on, push on, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and and the, the running coach also reminds me to watch my pace, uh, to watch my posture, to watch my form. And so I would say uh, the coach is pretty good. And I would definitely recommend this running app to anyone who is a runner or if you are thinking of starting to run, okay? If you are interested to know what's the app called, uh, you can find me after service today, huh? But we're not going to talk about <laughs> any more of the, app, uh, of the running app. Um, but anyway, usually uh, in my runs, I would take the opportunity uh, to do some reflection, uh, to reflect upon my life and to also have some conversation uh, with the Holy Spirit. And in one of my runs uh, this month, it dawned upon me, or rather I would say, uh, the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart that life is like a marathon. Life is like a marathon. It, it, is, uh, it is for some time, okay? No, no matter how long it may be. For some, it can be 60 years. Uh, for some, 70. 
80 and some 90 or even 100 years. And so life is like a marathon. And along the way, just like in any marathon, there will be distractions in our lives. There will be hurdles and challenges that we will face. Life is not going to be all smooth sailing along the way. In fact, at times, we will be thrown a huge curveball and that will change our lives entirely. You know, such as the COVID-19 pandemic, which has changed the world and is still changing and affecting us to today. And in a marathon, uh, the weather can be unpredictable. You know, it can be rainy, it can be sunny, uh, it can be uh, very windy. Uh, it, it, definitely in Malaysia, it will never ever snow. Okay, no matter how hard we pray, it will never ever snow. Uh, humid, confirm. Okay, that is a sure guarantee. Uh, and so sometimes the weather will be great uh, for a run. Uh, sometimes it will be extremely terrible. Life is like that too. Uh, the terrain in a marathon changes too. Sometimes it's going downhill. Sometimes it's going uphill. And it's the same with life. You know, at times, we have easier seasons than others. You know, other times, it can feel like we are in an uphill battle. But friends, in this race of life, in this marathon of life that you and I are in, I believe God is reminding us to stay true to the course that He has set out for us. We are to stay true to the course that He has laid out for you and I. And we are to run this race well until we see our Maker face to face. And you know, I feel in my heart this morning that God wants to remind us to stay on our course, to run our own race and not someone else's race. You know, if we are running, or I would say if we are trying to run someone else's race, the reality is that we will end up not serving God. Because we will be too preoccupied with trying to live our lives to other people's standards. Uh, we will be trying to achieve what they have achieved. And a lot of times, that in itself may end up not glorifying God at all. Because, friends, God has created you and I to run our own race. He has not created me to run Pastor Donnie's race. He has not created Sister Betty to run Mercyana's race. Come on. He has created you to run your race. Come on, turn to the person beside you and tell them, God has created you to run your race. Oh, yes, in life, we will run with others. And that in itself is such a wonderful opportunity and that is a privilege and an honour. But it is still our own race. Yeah, running with others you know, builds camaraderie. Uh, running with each other encourages, it, it builds each other up. But at the end, it is still our own race to run. So friends, this morning, may I encourage all of us to stay true to the course. Stay the course. Because if we are running someone else's race, we are not really serving God. And when we are not living for His glory, we are not serving Him. No, to serve God is to live for Him. To live for Him is to run our race well. Let me say that again. To serve God is to live for Him. To live for Him 
is to run our race well. Now, Pastor Ming talked about serving God last week. Now, we are called to serve Him. Uh, we serve Him by serving one another and by serving mankind. And we serve with all our heart. You know, we give 100%. We don't hold anything back. And if you missed last week's sermon, you can listen to uh, the podcast on any of our other platforms that's listed on our website. And uh, you can even watch the sermon on our church YouTube channel, okay? No, just go to YouTube and search Subhanjai Assembly of God and it will direct you uh, accordingly. Uh, and today, can I ask all of us to take into consideration that if we desire to serve God well, you know, if we want to live for God, we ought to run our race well. If we, if we desire to serve God well, we run our race well. And we're going to take a look at the life of Jonah. You know, we're going to learn some things from him. Uh, some things he did pretty well. Uh, some things, well, he kind of messed up quite a bit. You know, after all, Jonah was the famous prophet who got swallowed up by a big fish. And that's what I love about the Bible. You know, God doesn't just use the good stuff, uh, the, the, the nice package yeah, in the Bible to teach us and, and you know, show us His plans, but God uses the flaws of humanity uh, to show us His goodness, His perfect plans, and His wonderful desires for you and I. And so first up, for you and I to serve Him well, for all of us to run this race well, we got to know His will for our season and serve with His vision. Know His will for our season and serve with His vision. We got to know God's will for our lives. I don't know about you, but I know I want to know God's will for my life. And not just my life as a whole, I want to know His will for my life in this particular season, in any particular season that I am in. No, perhaps maybe just a show of hands for all of you here and for those of us, for you who are joining us online. You know, you can use the raise hand emoji. Huh? You can type that in, okay? How many of us here wants to know what's God's will for your life in this season that you are in today? Come on, the show of hands. Yeah, there's many of us here. Many of us here. And so I believe we are on the right track. But in order for us, because in order for us to run our race well, in order for us to live for God, to serve Him well, firstly, we need to know His will for our season. And why do I say for our season? Well, I'm a person who believes that God is one who directs us in every season. Come on. He's the one who leads us through the valleys. He's the one who leads us through the mountaintops. He's the one who leads us through the desert. He's the one who leads us to still waters. He's the one who leads us through the wilderness and He's the one who leads us to green pastures. And so in every season, He directs us. He leads us. And so I would say, therefore, it is so imperative for you and I to know His will for our season so that we will live being rooted, being anchored in Him and ultimately, we will live for His glory. You know, Jonah in some sense, he got this part right. He knew God's will and purpose for his life right there and then. In fact, God was superbly clear to Jonah about what Jonah should do. You know, Jonah chapter 1 verse 2 says this, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. 
And of course, we know Jonah chose not to do that. In fact, he ran the opposite direction. He ran away. He got himself swallowed up by a big fish. Okay, the Bible didn't tell us he was a whale, but the Bible tells us it's a big fish. Okay, just to clarify certain things. Okay, he got vomited out and God reminded him a second time what he was called to do. We find this in Jonah chapter 3, verse 2. Again, God says to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And friends, if God tells us the second time the same message, God really means business. He's not playing a fool. Huh? And so Jonah, God's calling for his life and God's purpose for him in that season was very clear. It was laid out before him. And when God told Jonah the second time, the same thing, Jonah did it. You know, Jonah did what God called him to do. And in some sense, according to these few chapters in Jonah, Jonah did finish that particular course of his life. Jonah did fulfill the call of God for that season of his life in some sense. But in another sense, Jonah kind of missed the whole point of his run. Jonah finished his race, but he kind of missed the whole point of his run. You know, at the start of the message today, we read the ending of the book of Jonah. And here we find an angry, a very disillusioned Jonah. Now, I would say that he was very frustrated. He was quite jaded. And the Bible tells us he was actually quite fuming mad. Huh? You know, Jonah didn't serve God with God's vision. Jonah knew his calling, but he didn't serve with God's vision. And end up, I would say Jonah fulfilled God's calling, but he had the wrong vision while he did it. He ended up serving God using his own vision for his own life. And a lot of times, friends, when you and I try to fulfill God's calling for our lives according to our own way, according to our own perspective, according to our own vision, the reality is that we end up shortchanging ourselves. Because when our vision and God's will is not in alignment, this is what happens. And we could very well turn up like Jonah, being very frustrated, being very angry, being jaded because of his own feelings. And mind you, Jonah was a prophet of God. Jonah, a prophet of God, knew God's will for his life and perhaps he served or rather he lived without truly having God's vision. And because of that, he ended up being jaded and very frustrated. Friends, knowing God's will for our lives is one thing. But are we willing to live our lives according to His vision? Because if we say we want to live with God's vision for our lives, and if we desire to do that, to be the people to live with God's vision, with His purpose, in His will, it means we need to start to see the world according to His eyes. We need to start to see the world from His perspective. In other words, we take off our own spectacles and put on God's glasses and live and love 
and serve like how He would. No, even for myself. No, I'm constantly asking God, God, what is your will for my life? No, what is that you require of me? What is it that you want me to do? No, what is it that you want to change within me? Who are you calling me to be? Because friends, I do not want to miss living in His purpose and in His will. I do not want to serve others without His vision becoming mine because that will only drain me and cause me to burn out in the long run. I do not want to miss His timing, seizing so many opportunities when, where I can be a blessing to others because time on earth is short. I do not want to play it safe with God when God has called each and every one of us to a life of faith and a life of adventure with Him. I do not want my faith to stay at its current level when God is calling us to a greater level, to a deeper level of intimacy with Him. And friends, I pray that all of us here this morning and for those of you who are joining us online, that we will make it our life's ambition to know His will for our lives. And, but I would say, you know, there's no quick recipe to discovering God's will for our lives. And more often or not, it is a lifelong journey of discovering His will and purpose in every season of our lives as you and I choose to walk closely with our Lord. And friends, when we seek Him, we will discover His will for us. But at times, knowing His will and purpose and vision requires us to take steps of faith. Sometimes it is about obeying God first before the knowing. Sometimes His will will not be revealed until we take that first step or many steps, in fact, in it. You know, perhaps what we are doing right now, perhaps where we are right now in our season is already it. It's already God's will. Maybe the better question to ask is, Lord, how can I serve you better? Lord, how can I serve you in my family? How can I serve you in my workplace, in my school, in my neighborhood? How can I serve you in my businesses, in my dealings with people? How can I serve you better in the local body of Christ that you have placed me in? In Subhanjaya Assembly of God, how can I serve you better, Lord? Perhaps that is the question some of us here need to ask ourselves honestly and desperately today. So number one, know God's will and serve with His vision. Secondly, for us to run this race that God has called each and every one of us to, to run it well, number two, we got to fight every excuse that comes along the way. We got to fight every excuse that comes along the way. Everybody say to me, fight every excuse. Okay, we fight every excuse that comes along the way to distract us, to derail us from living in God's will and to live with His vision. And we fight every excuse and we fight it with 3H, okay? I'm just going to list it down for you. 
very simple things. 3H, we fight our excuses, number one, with honesty. Okay, we fight our excuses with honesty. We own up to our excuses for not living in God's will and His vision. We don't deny the excuses that we have. Okay, we don't pretend that the excuses does not exist because friends, they do exist. We list our excuses, we write it down one by one and we deal with the reality of the excuses. Perhaps it is a priority issue. Perhaps it is a wrong focus. We deal with the excuses with honesty. Number two, we fight our excuses with humility. We fight our excuses with humility. You know, we admit our excuses are our own human weakness. We admit that our excuses are simply priorities not set in God's order. We admit that we need others to help us overcome them, to keep us accountable on staying the course. We admit that we need God to be God because we simply can't be the boss of our lives and say, you know what, Lord, I want to live for you. No, I want to serve you. I want to honour you with my life and then continue living our own lives our own way. And friends, we win over the many excuses that we have when you and I dare to say this, God, you are God and I am not. God, you are God and I am not. Friends, that's humility. Uh, Louis Giglio, a pastor of Passion, Passion City Church in the United States, says this, Humility is all about being willing to be led. Being willing to be led is all about an awareness of our need to grow. And we need to grow out of the excuses that we have. Friends, all of us here, there's room for us to grow. If we desire to live for God, if we desire to love Him, to love others, to serve others, we cannot, and I will say this, we cannot remain stagnant at where we are. There is room for us to grow. And the last hitch, we fight our excuses hard. We fight our excuses hard. Because friends, and I guarantee you this, excuses to not live for God will always be there. That is the reality of life. Excuses to not live for God will always be there in every season of our life. Excuses to live for myself, excuses to live for yourself will always be there because it is way easier. It is way more comfortable it doesn't require us to step out from our comfort zone. It doesn't require us to take up our cross and die to ourselves. And so friends, we need to fight the excuses hard and I believe with God's help, we can win over our excuses to live for God. Now Jonah, coming back to Jonah, Jonah actually had some excuses or perhaps, you know, you may even argue for him that he has some pretty valid reasons to not want to do God's will. Okay, we know God called Jonah 
to go and preach uh, to the people of the city of Nineveh. Okay? Now, physically, it is actually quite a challenging task uh, because the city of Nineveh is not like some small kampong. Okay? It's very big. It's a big city. The Bible described uh, Nineveh as a great city. Okay? In some of the translation, it was huge. Okay? It took Jonah three full days to preach from one end to the other end of this city. Uh, we find this in Jonah chapter 3, verse 3. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Okay, so we know Nineveh was huge. It was large. But the other fact was, Nineveh was also the capital city of the kingdom of Assyria. Okay, Nineveh was the capital city of the kingdom of Assyria. And I believe this was actually the main reason why Jonah was hesitant to go in the first place. Now, according to historical recordings, uh, both in the Bible and also in world history, the Assyrians actually oppressed the Jewish people. In fact, they came and laid siege to Jerusalem and did all sorts of atrocities to the Jews. And so can you imagine yourselves in Jonah's position, you know, God asking you to go and preach to your enemy, to your oppressor, you know, those who have persecuted you so that they can be saved. Wow. You know, if I was in Jonah's shoes, I would probably have told God, wow, God, huh? ask me to go and do such thing, you know, that kind of thing. No wonder Jonah ran the other way. No wonder he was fuming mad when the people of Nineveh turned their lives around and God saved them and did not bring about destruction. Wow! Now you understand Jonah and we're not so hard on Jonah for making certain choices. <laughs> no, but thank God that God doesn't operate the same way we do. Thank God that God is one who is rich in love, abounding in grace and full of mercy. Thank God that He chose to love even those we think don't deserve it. Because, friends, if we think about it properly, you and I don't deserve His love. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. And I'm really grateful that God's vision is so different from ours. Because if it's the same as us, wow, many of us will not be here today. You know, to Jonah, perhaps it was a valid reason to not to go to Nineveh. To Jonah, God laid an impossible task for him. But Jonah had a God who made the impossible possible for him. Just think about it. If God can provide a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and for Jonah to be in the belly of that big fish for three days, and not to be disintegrated by all the fish digestive system, you know, all the acid and all, Jonah's valid reason to not go to the city of Nineveh actually became a lame excuse. And you know, perhaps this morning, you know, God, just as how God showed Jonah that His love for humanity 
extends beyond himself and his people. Perhaps this morning, God is showing you and I that his love for mankind extends beyond ourselves and our church and our community. And perhaps this morning, he is also extending that invitation to all of us here this morning and also all of you who are joining us online. Would we be part of his plan? Would we be part of his plan for mankind? And this morning, even as I asked the worship team to come, and we're going to sing the last song, Refiner's Fire. You know, friends, when you and I say yes to living for God, it means saying yes to loving Him and to love people. Loving people means serving God. And at times, that can be very tough. If we are honest with one another, loving people can be tough, extremely tough, especially serving people who don't reciprocate accordingly. Oh man, that is tough. You feel like you're pouring water to concrete, you know? No growth, no nothing, no, no response. <laughs> but John Maxwell says this, everything that is worth doing has a price to pay. Everything that is worth doing has a price to pay. If we want to stay fit and healthy, we have to exercise consistently. And that's, and that's not really pleasant a lot of times, but that's the price to pay. If you want to do well in our studies, you want to ace in our education, we spend time hitting the books, understanding the materials, you know, that was taught in the class, you know, that's the price to pay. If we desire to have food on the table, a roof over our heads and our families, we work hard to earn a living. That's the price to pay. If we desire to live for God, we take up our cross, we die to ourselves and we follow Him. That's the price to pay. And we remember, living for Him includes loving others. And I thank God, I truly am grateful for God that God saw the cross as worth caring. And Jesus paid the price for us. Friends, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, any answer that we give to God to not live in His will, to not live in His purpose, in His vision, will end up being lame excuses. So friends, let's fight every excuse that comes to stop us, that comes to derail us from running our race well. It comes to hinder us from living well for God and serving well. Stay the course, friends. Stay the course of our run. Stay the course of our life. Stay the course of living for God. Stay the course of loving and serving others. You know, yesterday was my eldest boy's birthday and he has turned four. 
four fantastic years and uh, just before he was going to bed you know, I asked him a question boy what do you wish to do this coming new year you know you're, you're four years old now what do you wish to do and he told me three simple things number one he said daddy I want to play better with others secondly I want to be helpful and kind to those who are in need. And I said, like, wow, very good, huh? Oh, this boy, better than me, huh? <laughs> and then number three, he said, number three. Uh, and I want to help uh, a toddler friend of his. And he said, I want to help you too. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you categorize me as a toddler, is it, huh? <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking, wow, four years old, but he has such a mentality. He has such a heart for people. Even though at times, yes, he may struggle to show it, but he has such a big heart for people. And I was just thinking to myself this morning, you know, in my quiet time, I asked God, God, I want to be like him. To have such simple faith, to want to live for you. So ever willing, so ever ready to say yes to you, to say yes to helping others, to serving others. And friends, this morning, I believe, you know, even as we are worshipping God this morning, I believe God wants to remind us and say, hey, would you avail yourself? Would you be willing to say yes to me? You know, church, God is not looking for perfect people to serve Him. God is not looking for people who has got it all. But God is looking for people who is willing to fight, who is willing and available to stay the course, to run the race to the end. And along the way, yes, we may stumble, we may fall, but along the way, God's promise for us is this, that He will be there to help us up on our feet. He will be there to show us that when we are weak, He is strong. That when we struggle, that His grace will be more than sufficient for all of us so that we can truly live for God, that we can truly serve Him and love others. That all men will be drawn to Jesus because you and I are willing to say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So this morning, even as we sing this song, right where you are. Would you, would you make a fresh commitment to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, would you come and refine me? You are the refiner. You are the one that burns away every excuse. You are the one that burns away everything that does not belong to you. So that truly, Father, my life will be one that honours you.